Hello everyone, welcome back to Undressing Finance. This is your host, Lindsay Rosenthal. I'm excited to come on here today and tell you a little bit more about my journey um, towards being super interested in finance as well as give you guys some tips on the basics of investing and become more successful investors through it. Um, but kind of had a funny little story about how I got into finance. I was uh, pretty young. I was probably 10, 11, 12 and... I was obsessed with this thing called uh, certificates of deposit. So a certificate of deposit is through a bank and you give them an amount of money and they say how much, the time that they'll take the money and then how much they'll give you in return. Uh, so let's say let's say this amount of money is $5,000. Obviously at the time, if I'm 10, 11, 12, I do not own $5,000. I probably have probably $200 to my name. But this is something that I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like I could put my money into a certificate of deposit and then get money back. Like learning about interest early, 10, 11, 12. But my conundrum was that if I had $200, I still need $4,800 more. So I went up to my parents. I was like, hey, parents, I, I need $4,800. They're like, what for? I was like, I want to buy a certificate of deposit from my local bank. And then, of course, they had much better things to do with $4,800 than to give it to their daughter. And also, certificates of deposits, the the amount you get back on interest rates are incredibly low because these instruments are very, very safe, very, very low risk. Like, you will be getting your money back for sure um, because they're, uh, the deposits are actually federally insured. So you're going to get your money back for sure, but the the amount of return is so small. And I didn't know anything about the stock market yet. So this is the first time I was introduced to interest, interest rates. Um, but from there, I was hooked. I was like, this is so cool. The ability to have your money work for you by having it in some sort of allocation was, I was hooked. I was like, this is awesome. This is something I want to learn more about. So over time, since then, I've become more and more interested into finance and what finance is. Uh, currently, I'm enrolled at Seattle Pacific University. I'm actually on the volleyball team here, as well as president of my student investment fund. And through this group, I actually lead a, about 20 analysts, uh, making sure that we are constantly expanding our knowledge of investing, as well as um, networking with uh, many of the professionals in the area. Networking is something I'll probably come and talk talk a lot about here on this podcast with you guys, but it's something I'm very, very passionate about. Uh, not just networking in the sense of it, but really creating relationships with the people around you, really learning deeply and having that deep sense of cur- curiosity for those who are professionals or in their careers because um, I think it's important to have curiosity towards what is interesting to you. So if that's with certificates of deposits when you're 10 years old or whatever that is, how, how can your curiosity and curiousness develop into something you really want to do with your life? So not everyone on here is going to want to become totally into finance or maybe you guys will, but just finding things that pique that curiosity and then using that to find what you want to do. Like we do so many things in the course of our day and something has to be interesting to you and how, how from there can we find our, our niche and where we can create opportunity in this life and then finding a career out of that, uh, something that makes you happy, something that's interesting, something that keeps you going every single day. Um, but over the past couple of weeks in this, we've kind of been creating a, a foundation of investing knowledge for the people in the fund. And I um, thought it'd be awesome to come on here and kind of share some of the information that we've been diving into with our beginning uh, 
kind of curriculum with the group. The very first week we can kind of went into is just investing introduction uh, and just kind of the concept of what is finance? What is the certificate deposits? What are, what are stocks? What are bonds? But just in general, finance is just the process of allocating capital. Capital is money in order to optimize the risk adjusted expected return on that capital. And there's many different things that you can put your money into um, when investing. Uh, some things that are more risky and the ability to make sure you get your money back is, is a lot less. Uh, things like penny stocks are really speculative stocks and bonds and mutual funds. Uh, the riskier though, however, of, of an allocation, the higher rewards, the higher earnings, higher interest rates you'll get back. So for example, my certificate deposits, it's something that you'll, is a pretty much for sure that you're going to get your money back. So they're not really going to give you much money because you're for sure going to get your money back because there's not much risk in this. But something more like a penny stock or crypto or things like that, there is a more of a percent return usually because there's the prices are volatile. You could lose your money. You could gain a lot more. So higher, high risk, high earnings. Um, but then kind of just dive in a little bit deeper. Uh, Let's dive first into kind of what a bond is. What is a bond? Well, a bond is a form of debt. And so how this works is when you purchase a bond, you are giving the issuer money. And then from there, the issuer is going to use that money to go out and make more money. So this money is in a form a form of debt from the, for the issuer. And usually, usually bonds are a fixed cash flow stream over the course of five years, 10 years, 30 years, until beginning a fixed cash flow over this time horizon. At the very end, you'll get all of your money back. Um, and usually bonds in general are pretty low risk and on average lower return. But there's kind of an array of different um, grades of bonds from the top investment grade. So that means that you are, it's usually backed either by um, the government or the treasury or things like that, and which the investment grade bonds, lower risk. But the down on the other side of it, there's more of these, these things called junk bonds, um, and these are higher risk, but as I said, higher risk, higher return. Uh, and usually the, the junk bonds are usually more corporate bonds uh, with businesses, but as also businesses can have more of invest investment grade bonds as well. Uh, there's also this thing called municipal bonds, and these bonds are through like the cities and the state, and these actually have um, advantages with taxes and stuff because you're not going to be paying taxes to like the federal government. Um, so that's a lot of people who have a lot more wealth will invest in munis, municipal bonds, because of the tax advantages with those. Moving on from there, uh, stocks. So stocks are a little different than bonds. So the stocks is are a form of ownership in a corporation. So when you buy a stock, you actually own a percent of a company. So maybe you own a percent of Google or Tesla or Amazon um, when you buy one of their stocks. And how the cash flows work for stocks is either you're going to get cash flows from dividends or cash flows from capital gains, the appreciation of the stock price. Um, and typically, just in general, stocks are higher risk and on average a higher return, especially when being compared to bonds. Um, and then also, there's not a, really a maturity date. You can kind of technically hold a stock forever or unless the stock unless the company goes under eventually, but with bonds, you're holding it for 5, 10, 30 years. With stocks, you can hold it forever. But just kind of go in a little bit more about what 
what is a dividend? So I said the cash flows are from dividends and capital gains. What is a dividend? Um, a dividend is like usually paid quarterly and they represent the money paid to shareholders and they kind of serve as incentive for investors to invest in the company. Uh, usually dividends are paid for through with value companies and a value company is a company that is more established. They're usually they're older, but their earnings are pretty, um, pretty consistent over the past five plus years. Uh, they're not increasing incredibly every single year. So therefore, their their stock price is usually also um, looking at their revenues pretty consistent as well. Um, so the incentive to invest in this company, a great example I like to use is Coca-Cola. Like they're only selling as much Coca-Colas every single day. Um, and they're not they're not growing incredibly. So why would you invest in Coca-Cola? Well, Coca-Cola, they pay this thing called a dividend. Um, and it's a little percentage of of the price that you pay for the stock every single every single quarter for holding this holding the stock um and usually value companies um are a little bit less volatile in their prices it's a little bit less risky to hold a value company because their revenue is more across the board pretty consistent whereas a growth company the opposite of value company um, they don't usually pay a dividend usually the money instead of paying to a dividend they reinvest it back into the company towards hopefully growth um, so a growth company maybe have more volatile prices because you don't know what's going to happen ultimately with growth um, they could do really, really well, their innovation pays off, or they could not do so well and someone else in the sector, someone else in the industry kind of takes over that position. A couple other things you can even you can invest to in a couple examples. Uh, first of all is an exchange traded fund, an ETF. And ETFs are awesome. Um, they are a passively managed portfolio traded on a stock exchange. And usually these ETFs mimic something like the S&P 500, maybe mimic the holdings of the S&P 500, which the S&P 500 is uh, 500 of like the biggest companies um, in the US. Um, and there, I say biggest, but it's like the 500 is actually chosen by a group. Um, and so it's not really by market capitalization. It's not by the size of the company, but it's usually around the around the 500 biggest companies, but not exactly by market capitalization. Um, the thing about these is they trade like a stock. You can buy it like a stock, um, but the fees are pretty, pretty minimal with exchange traded funds because they mimic something like the S&P 500. There's not someone choosing the stocks to put into the ETF, which is more like a mutual fund. A mutual fund is an actively managed pooled investment portfolio aimed to beat the market performance. So there is a mutual fund team that are deciding what's in the mutual fund. So therefore, portion that you pay to hold this mutual fund will be higher because someone is actively managing it. The thing about these is that these are great options to hold uh, mutual funds, ETFs, and when you want to diversify. So kind of what is diversification? <clears throat> diversification is re referring to the idea that if you hold a number of different companies of securities um, across different sectors, different industries to help mitigate negative impacts um, on company-specific factors uh, opposed to return. So let's say I have 100% of my money in just Tesla. And all of a sudden, Elon Musk goes and tweets something and the, whole, the price drops because of something that someone did in the company or something happened. Um, then my whole portfolio would be at risk because I've not diversified. Instead, it's better to hold your portfolio. If you want to just pick stocks in your portfolio, you probably want to hold more like 15 to 30 or 50 stocks um, just so it's more diversified. So if something happens in one sector, 
the other sectors that you're holding, the other companies that you're holding, can make up for that. Um, and so something like an ETF, you, you buy one share and then it diversifies your money across the many companies that are in that. So if it's like, if it's mimicking the S&P 500, that's nearly 500 companies you're investing with one single share. And so that's really, really advantageous for someone who's an investor that doesn't have $100,000 to invest and make sure that their portfolio is really, really well diversified. Instead, they can use things like ETFs, um, and this will diversify their portfolio for them. Another thing I kind of want to talk about real quickly is the idea of primary markets versus secondary markets. And a primary market, you guys have all probably heard, especially in the news lately, things called IPOs. When an IPO is, um, is the initial public offering in which the firm issues the stock for the first time to investors. Um, this is a time when a company is growing, 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 and they want more money to expand their company. And so in order to do that, instead of owning the company, the founders, the CEO, they put it out. And now, like I said earlier, by issuing stock, the stockholders are now the ones owning the company. But the money that the stockholders put into the company is now able to be used for growth and expanding the business. So now the original owners don't have as much of a say, but now they have more cash in order to make this business bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, So this is essential for raising money for the issuer. But on the other hand, there's this thing called secondary markets. And this is the market in which securities are sold between investors. So this is where we're going in and we're trading stocks. And so when we trade a stock, the money that we're putting into the stock is actually not going to the company anymore. This is just on the stock exchange and working with the forces of like supply and demand. So I hope some of this information is helpful to you guys and just kind of putting into perspective about what are these basics of investing. But um, it's easy to kind of look over and jump right in. But it's kind of important to know the different things like stocks, bonds, mutual fund, ETFs, and kind of what those all means. And the idea of higher risk, higher returns, and um, finding the type of investor that you are. Are you nearing retirement and you are going to need your money in retirement to live off of? Like maybe have less of your allocation to more riskier things and keep it in things that are more conservative. Or, or if you're young and you have plenty of time to invest, maybe have your portfolio in a well-diversified grouping of stocks. Um, things are going to have some higher return over the next time that you have before you have to retire. So I hope this information was was relevant to you guys. I'm excited to kind of bring some more information on these next couple weeks about how to become awesome and educated investors. So thanks so much for listening in today and have a great rest of your day.